Then put your little hand in mine There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb Babe. And welcome back to Groundhog Minute for our Groundhog Day special 2020. It's uh, I'm Sean German here with uh, my great co-host. Hey, it's me, Dave, and it's 2021. Just giving a heads up there. This, isn't that what I said? No? Okay. No, 2021. Yeah. Groundhog Day <laughs> special 2021. And also back with uh, Next Scene Podcast, the podcast taking on pop culture, one scene at a time. And I'm still Sean German. I'm Brian German. That's, that's your cue. The other, other host, Brian. And we have the most special of special guests. Just cannot say enough about the lengths we go to to get people to come on this show. It's Catherine German. <laughs> Hi. Yeah, so the great Catherine you've all heard so much about. The the the, the famous cat of catandshawn.org. Yes. We, we, we finally got her, and uh, you figure, like, oh, it's got to be something special to get get cat on the show, and it, mm. and it is. So what we're doing for this special Groundhog Day 2021 episode is uh, I recently had a birthday, and part of my gift from from Catherine was a Zoom conversation with none other than Ned Ryerson, Stephen Tobolowsky. Um, and we, we we chatted for almost an hour, about 55 minutes. And so I felt, uh, uh, you know, Stephen, great guy, great conversation. I had a lot of fun. He was really generous with his time. And I wanted to share that with uh, with the audience. So I kind of wanted to talk about Talk about Stephen Tobolowski and, and, and our conversation, and to start with, uh, you know, kind of how how did that happen? Like, how did that come about that I was able to talk with the great Stephen Tobolowski? So, like you said, you had a, a recently had a birthday, Day. not just any birthday. I'm gonna I'll bleep it if you if you say <laughs> what birthday it was. You can say it. I'm just telling you, I'm gonna bleep it. No one will hear the number, so you can say it all you want. Okay, but so <laughs> let's just say it was a milestone. <coughs> Bing! <laughs> and so it's a you know it was a big deal, and we're in we're in quarantine with COVID, you know the pandemic, and couldn't do a big blowout party or or something like that. So I have been racking my brain trying to figure out what do I get him for this this big birthday. So in December, I called up Brian, and I'm like. You know, I have a couple of ideas I've been throwing around, but I don't really know which way to go. And are these good ideas or bad ideas? So I, I you know, I ran a couple of things by Brian. And one of them was, you know, seeing if I could figure out some way to get a conversation for Sean with Tobolowski or something involving Stephen Tobolowski because I knew he'd become a big fan. He's been watching like even one day at a time. Which, so, and Brian said, you know, of the, all the ideas I pitched to him, he's like, that's the one. And Brian was like, oh, well, you know, have you heard of Cameo? Maybe he's on there. We said, all right, well, I'll go take a look at Cameo. See if Stephen is, is on there. See if there's some way I can do something with that. So I started doing some research. He wasn't listed on Cameo. I said, well, what the heck? Let me just do some research and see how to contact, you know, an agent or a manager, see what kind of thing I can set up. So searching for Stephen Tobolowski, his website comes up. And on his website, he's got contact information. And it lists some of his management team agent 
it doesn't specify who's who and or who to contact for what kinds of things you're looking for. But it also had a contact, an email for Mr. Tobolowski himself. So I said, all right, well, it's probably answered by an assistant or an intern, but let me at least see what they come back with. They'll probably at least point me in the right direction for how to figure this out. So I sent an email off and I said, listen, my husband has a big birthday coming up. I'm trying to figure out something unique and special because he's a very unique and special guy. So, you know, what it do you get It was a great email. Someone? Let me just let me just interject. It was a great email going out to him. But uh, <laughs> if you remember, you sent it to me. It was, I thought it was perfectly done. It was not over the top, but it hit the key points. Well, I tried to keep it short. I'm like, you know, even if it's an intern or whatever, you know, they they're busy. I don't want to be crazy, but I also don't want it to be just like a, you know, come on my show kind of thing. Um, so anyway, so I emailed him same date within hours. I get a response back from him saying, sure, not an intern, not a, a, a lackey or an assistant, the man himself. Yeah, sure. I, I'd be open to that. When were you thinking? So I respond back, I'm super excited. And I'm I'm like, really, you'd, you'd really be interested in this, in doing this? And he's like, yeah. He's like, you sound super sweet. And, you know, it sounds like a really nice thing to do. And we kind of tossed around. He's like, well, do you want to have a conversation with him? Or I said, yeah, my husband's going to want to talk to you. He's going to want to have a conversation. <laughs> you know, we I was trying to figure out, like, do I try to coordinate it for later so that I can give it to Sean as a gift? And then he can like plan, but I'm like, you know what? No, I want it to be on his birthday. So I said, you know, are you available this day? And he said, yes. And I said, all right. So then we kind of went quiet for a couple of weeks. Like I didn't want to intrude on the guy's time and be overly needy. So I, I waited it out. And a couple of weeks later, about a week before Sean's birthday, I emailed him again and I said, Hey, you know, just wanted to double check that you're still on board with this. <laughs> Uh, and you know, does the state still work for you and what time, blah, blah, blah. And in the meantime, like Brian keeps texting me, like, do you have an update? And I'm like, no update. I don't want to, you know, go crazy, but Brian, you know, like I was super paranoid. I was yes. getting scammed or like, yeah, now I, you know, it was some impersonator. <laughs> I was much more, I, I was, I thought it was going to go a lot smoother than Kat did. Kat was at, until he came on. I don't think Kat thought he was actually coming on. No, I, I didn't. No, feeling. Did. I just with with Tobolowski, I just from obviously we don't know him, but it just I could tell the guy was you're not gonna deal with assistance. I think he's a genuine type of guy. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I, I was pretty confident he was gonna come on. And I'm looking through our text conversations, just looking at it. And yeah, that <laughs> was like that was like, there's no contract. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, a contract. I said, he's just gonna come on. I had so much faith. That it was just going to be him coming on. Well, you know, even if he had all the best intentions, you know, something could have come up. You know, he's, you know, he's got stuff going on, <laughs> thing priorities. No, no. Although not as and much. There was days. a long time. It looks like January 3rd is when I think you made, maybe made contact with them. And you're right. It wasn't until the 16th that it seemed like you got an official time. So there was a couple weeks there of, of complete radio silence. Yeah, and me trying to not think about it and freak out about it and try to plan some kind of backup also in the meantime, just in case this doesn't come off. Because yeah. can you tell him who who the next person was gonna be? We actually we did I did talk to him about it just because I was curious about my backup options through through Cameo that I had found. 
And he actually, he said they were, they were pretty good. I, he said, I made the right choice. Yes. In my top pick, but um, that my backups were pretty good. Who's the backup? So one of them was Pendulette, okay, where yeah. you could do mm-hmm. actually a magic trick with him. Yeah, that would have been fun, but yeah. And then the second one was where you could do a Zoom call with Paul Rubens. Yes, yeah. So, but I think you got it right of those yeah. three. Definitely go with Tobo. But yeah, so the, yes, even the yes. day of, Kat's like bracing me. Like when as, the, as we're getting close to the time, she's like, you know, if no one shows up, just don't be too disappointed. Or if it's, you know, if it's a Stephen Tobolowsky <laughs> impersonator. give a gift with that kind of caveat <laughs> on it. Yeah. Um, so let's let's talk about, so what I actually got, what I opened. So we, um, my birthday was during the week, was like a, you know, school day, but we both played hooky. Well, so so part of my whole thing was, well, how do I present it, right? right. Like, yeah. do well, first of all, do I give Sean notice that he's going to have this conversation? Or do I just tell him he has to be on a Zoom call at X time <laughs> and surprise? I figured he was going to want at least some time to mentally prepare. I think he, he would have been upset if he didn't have a chance to, like, process mm-hmm. yeah. and get some thoughts together. But I didn't want to do it too far in advance. I wanted to give you the gift on your birthday. Right. So, and I, I kind of ran it by Brian. I, I like to double check things mm-hmm. and just make sure I'm not thinking crazily. <laughs> and he's like, no, give him a little notice. Give it to him, the, you know, the day of. It was just right. So, I mean, it was like about 9 a.m. I woke up when I got the notice and then it was noon our time when we had the conversation. So close enough that it was still a surprise, but I'm like, okay, let me think about those questions that I've been wanting to ask Stephen that I make sure I don't miss those. So I was surprised, but still had a little bit of notice. But uh, so I so I get handed. I I have some other things because again, Kat is still skeptical that someone's <laughs> going to show up and it's actually going to be Stephen Tobolowski. So I have some other things. Some other things I open up, and then I have like a shirt box. I open up, and there's like tissue paper. And I go through the tissue paper, and there's a there's a card. And as we do sometimes when we give. If it's just like tickets or if it's an experience where there's not something physical to open up, we'll often write each other poems just so you have something, you know, that you can, you know, physical that you can open up to let you know something's coming. So I open up and and there's a poem. You want me to read it? Yeah, you go ahead. So I so I open up the box and there's there's a, a nice little card with with a poem printed on it. And this is what I read. What do you get a guy turning f- Bing again? especially one who's so damn nifty. But guess what I found way deep underground? For all this time, it's been hidden away, an original scene from Groundhog Day. <laughs> so I'm reading that. I'm like, oh, is this like, you know, is there a, you know, a deleted scene, like an early draft of the <laughs> script or something? And so there's a printout and I'll, I'll post a picture. There's a There's a piece of paper. It's made to look like, an old script. There's like coffee rings. There's doodles on the, you know, in the margin. It's kind of crinkled up. I'll, I'll just, re- I won't read the whole thing, but I'll read an excerpt of this like quote unquote lost scene. It's, um, it's, uh, there's two characters. There's Ned and another character named Sean, coincidentally enough. And this is, um, one of, one of the bits that Ned, uh, one of the, one of Ned's part is, uh, Ned, Ryerson, needle nose Ned, Ned the head. Come on, buddy, Piscataway High. Ned Ryerson, I did the whistling belly button trick at high school talent show. Bing, Ned Ryerson, got the shingles real bad senior year, almost didn't graduate. Bing again, Ned Ryerson, I dated your sister Cheryl a couple of times till you told me not to. Well, <laughs> so obviously, this is not a real deleted scene. This is, 
you know, this is an actual scene from Groundhog Day, just with my name subbed in for Phil and, and, and so forth. So then, and I'm like, oh, well, that's amusing. That's funny. You know, that's, that's nice. Um, but crappy game. <laughs> no. Piece of paper. Um, but then uh, Kat kind of nudges me. She's like, you know, there's another, there's, there's more in there. So I dig in further down into the box under, you know, under more tissue paper. And there's another poem. And this one says, my attempt to be cute was just pretense, a feeble way to extend the suspense. Now the end is nigh. I can't be more sly. At noon, you're having a Zoom jubilee with special guest Stephen Tobolowski. Oh. And that's that. That's the point. That was the great reveal that I knew it was coming nice. up. And uh, I don't think I was speechless. I wasn't quite sure what to say. I was. I mean, that's. I mean, you're speechless pretty often, <laughs> so it's not really. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, when I'm not on a podcast, I'm actually usually pretty speechless. So, but I, then I was definitely speechless. Uh, you know, I, I did record it. And and we had talked about, Kat and I had kind of discussed, like, eh, you know, I this obviously fits in good with the podcast. I'd want to do something for the show. But then I'm like, I mean, I'd looked at, um, you know, as, as a, a, a gift to give Kat, I'd looked at, you know, arranging Zoom calls or something like this with with actors or celebrities that that she likes. And all the things I looked at, they're all like, no video, no recording, no pictures or screen captures, like only the people that are assigned to the specific thing. Like I didn't know what Kat had arranged, but I just know the things I had looked at were all like no no recording. So I kind of went back and forth in the end. I didn't ask Steven. I didn't even bring it up if, if you know, we could record it or anything. So what, um, but I did want to share it. So my thinking is we can just talk about what I recall, what we remember, what maybe Kat overheard, she was in the room, you know, and then kind of share, um, you know, some of the things, uh, you know, Tobo said. And um, again, I just reiterate, like he was so generous with his time. He ended up, we, we had to cut off. I ended up letting him go. Actually, I cut it off before he did because I started feeling guilty. <laughs> we were... Well, the invite that I sent him was for a half an hour. And mm-hmm. I'm like, maybe they talk for 15, 20 minutes, but like, yeah. you know, half an hour is a pretty standard amount of time. I'll just book for that. Yeah, and in the end, we, we we spoke for about fifty five minutes. So you start at noon my time, nine o'clock for him. He's he's in LA, and then I mentioned like, oh, you know, I I should let you go, and he's like, oh yeah, I have a I have another thing. I guess he had um actually a setup. He's like, oh yeah, I've got a thing for the Weather Channel. He's gonna you know he's doing a special for Groundhog Day coming up, or well when you hear this, it, it is Groundhog Day. He's like, yeah, I have a special coming up with ground with the Weather Channel for Groundhog Day. Uh, you know, I'm like, all right, let me. Let me give you a few minutes to freshen up. He was he was so generous with his time, and and so I wanted to share that with, um, well, with with, with Dave and Brian, and then also the the podcast listening public. January twentieth at nine forty three a.m. Sean, <laughs> if I get a chance to chat with Tobolowski, any questions you'd want me to ask? <laughs> That's what I woke up to. Yeah, and like I'm in the middle of work when I get this, and. I mean, I got, you know, as I said, I got some questions I wrote here, but how you phrased it, I'm, it made sound like that might come down the pike in a few days, if not a, like weeks. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't come off with like this urgency that like it was happening. Cause like I'm treating it like another day. I'm like, yeah, but this <laughs> and that, send him some Twitter jokes and stuff. Uh, you're still replying. We're talking about Jericho and Sarah Chronicles, Sarah Chronicles <laughs> yeah. and the nine. And this is at like 1049 AM. 
yeah. sending some come town jokes. That's at like eleven thirty. So it's like you're like you're like twenty minutes until until Tobolowski, and you're still like on Facebook, and we're like yeah, we're like passing jokes back and forth. <laughs> Well, again, at this point, Kat is downplaying it like and, you know, and I don't know any of the backstory yet. She, she filled me in a little bit afterwards, but like, you know, she's still telling me, like, I'm not sure this is going to happen. Like, literally, as I'm plugging, as I'm clicking the Zoom link, she's telling me, yeah, like, be prepared if he doesn't show up. Wow. So, like, she's really <laughs> like blow playing it. So then I kind of didn't want to tell I didn't want to go to you, Dave, and say, like, hey, I'm talking to Tobo. Do you have questions? And then it falls through. So, yeah, yeah I was kind of like, if I had, you know, if I were to talk to Stephen Tobolowski, what might you want me to answer? <laughs> but 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 yeah, but then it happened. So I'm going to, you know, actually, I'm going to kick things off. So one of the things I was thinking about is like, you know, a good interviewer probably starts with some softballs. You probably warm up the guest before you get to the hard stuff. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm like a puppy. I get excited. I'm like, I don't know how long I have. Yeah. I'm just going to go right to the, the things I really want to ask right away. And the, the one thing I've always thought of, if I got a talk, chance to talk with Steven Tobolowski, the one thing about Groundhog Day I always wondered and wanted to get his opinion on is, what makes Ned Ryerson such a, a big character? And, and yeah. we know from, from going through the movie one minute at a time, he's in Ned's in nine minutes and, and not even full minutes. I mean, he's in parts of those minutes. So maybe it's six or seven minutes of screen time in a hundred minute movie. And though, and, and, you know, Dave will back me up on this. When we, when we were looking for guests and saying like what minutes, the only minutes that anyone ever requested was Ned Ryerson. Everyone who had a specific minute, what they wanted Ned Ryerson. Yeah. Um, except for, except for the Inghams um, from Mad Max minute wanted, of course, the car chase and the, um, the quarry and the explosion and all that. But <laughs> this, those Mad Max folks are, that's a different thing. <laughs> <laughs> different breed of people. Yeah. But other than that, everyone else, they only wanted Ned minute. So I'm like, what, you know, what do you think? Ned, you know, the, the guy who, you know, kind of created the portrayal of Ned Ryerson, you know, why, you know, why is he so popular? Why is he so big from such a small part? And and what he said is uh, that that's like a, the key moment of, um, well, one, the, the first time they meet, that's the big switch when Phil goes from antagonist to protagonist. That up to, up to this point kind of fills the bad guy. You know, mm. he's he's the he's jerk. He, yeah, he's an a-hole. He's, he, you know, he's mean to Rita. He's mean to Larry. He's obnoxious to, uh, you know, the, the devil, Mrs. Lancaster. <laughs> you know, he's he's the antagonist. And now at that scene, at that moment, oh, here's this obnoxious insurance salesman who who's over the top. You know, now he's kind of the and he's making trouble for Phil. Now, Ned is the antagonist and Phil becomes the protagonist at that point. Like, so that's that's one big swing in terms of how the audience, how we see Phil, that's like a big difference. And the other thing is in regards to the, the Groundhog Day thing, the repeating days where it's like, all right, you're at the bed and breakfast, the hostess is there and she's making toast and she offers her, offers you coffee. Like that kind of happens every day anyway. Like you don't really, it doesn't really hit Phil like, oh, something is really, really wrong here until he meets Ned and Ned yeah. is saying all the same things. And like, that's that, and that really kicks off the rest of the movie. 
And I thought that was it. Like I hadn't, I don't know if we, if that's what we talked about. I don't think that's how we thought of it. And that character, that scene, um, I, you know, when we we talked about Ned, I remember. I mean, like that's one of the biggest things where I, I think we we must have talked with somebody or at least went over it. Whereas Ned's the only person that knows Phil on a personal level at to that point in the movie. Mm-hmm. No one else knows. He's either uh, somebody they know from the workplace, or he's just a stranger. And to Miss Lancaster, he's a guest. Right. So everyone treats him either with distant kid gloves, or they treat him as a guest of the town. And 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 Ned treats him as an old chum, and that's how he runs up to him, as if like they're old buddies and they gotta tell war stories. And a Phil doesn't care, but b when you say that the whole he's the antagonist, it makes and it makes Phil relatable. That's the equivalent of the the old cat in the tree thing, where it's like do something that makes you relate to your your hero character, mm-hmm. whether it's like they pet the dog, they save the cat. And yeah, yeah, Phil is a complete jerk to, in the, those first like 15, 20 minutes of the movie or whatever we're at. Yeah, he's the first time we go, oh, yeah, I remember we I met a guy on the street once who knew me and he was so annoying. And, and he was annoying. He was a salesman. He tried to push his real estate or his, his insurance you know, sales on me. So that, that that's got to he hits a nerve with a lot of people back of their head. Somebody from their past they do not care about who cares too much about them and also tries to you know, force some kind of, uh, some kind of job, some kind of, uh, grift on them at the same time. You know, I have, I have to say in terms of the, the specific question that Sean asked, I, I don't think any of that answers it. I think all of that goes to why Ned Ryerson is an important character to the movie and why he's pivotal to, to Bill Murray's growth and, and path and projection. But I don't think any of that speaks to, how is Ned Ryerson, who was on screen for less than nine minutes, such an impactful character? And I think, honestly, that comes down to Steve Dobolowski. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that, that's a lot of it, like his energy. Like yeah. his, yes, the way he portrays Ned, because even though he is the antagonist, there is something still about him, as annoying as he is, mm-hmm. that you you don't just completely hate him either especially by the end you know when after you've, yeah. you've done all that stuff like there's something about him that is that guy that yes you love to hate kind of thing or hate to yeah. love well yeah because I, I i feel like like he's you know he's earnest like there's jerks that it's like it seems like they're out to annoy people and like yeah. th- those are the jerks you don't like and then there's people like ned where it's like that's just ned like he's not trying to annoy people he's just he's yeah. just annoying <laughs> But it's, you know, it's honest, I guess, you know, kind of thing. And not that okay. I would expect Mr. Tobolowski to say, well, that <laughs> character was so great because of me. But, you but know, yeah. I, I, it answers a very different question than I think what you asked. And you're all mm-hmm. correct in what in the the pivotalness of the character in the movie. But I think when it really comes down to it, it's it was his ability to to convey the things that he conveyed as that character that allowed it to be someone who is so memorable from that movie. And he's, and he's not mm-hmm. overplayed. He's not, I feel like they could have had, they could have done the extended scene somewhere in there where you sit, you see Phil sit down with Ned and they talk about all the insurance he's going to buy. And they don't, they don't, we don't get to see do that. We only get to see Ned show up at the end, thank Phil, and mention all the different types of insurance he bought. And we when we just sit there and think about like what did Phil and him talk about for like 
whatever that you know an hour in his office about mm-hmm. insurance yeah and i remember we, we talked about like what's the lead up to uh to, to phil having purchased all that insurance and i don't know if we i don't recall if we mentioned this uh steven talked about i don't know should i be saying mr tobolowski yeah steven talked about like he he wrote that scene there was um oh i think ramus had come to him said like he, you know, he was on site. He's like, what can we do? Can we kind of bring Ned back in the end? They didn't have something written for that. And uh, they were kind of batting back ideas back and forth. And Stephen went back to his, his trailer or his room where he was staying for a couple hours and just kind of banged it out and was like, hey, how about this? Let's try this. Um, and that he or actually I think um, this might have been something uh, Robert Black uh, wrote about on his blog on the Groundhog Day project. How, uh, yeah, Stephen Tobolowski wrote that final scene where uh, he runs down all the insurance that uh, that Phil has purchased. Yeah. <laughs> and I did say one thing I said to Stephen, I said, I, I, I always hoped, you know, in my version of that world, that's the final day. Like that's the final loop. So when when Ned Ryerson wakes up the next day, he's really sold all that insurance. Like that doesn't yeah. get undone. Hell yeah. Nice. Hell yeah. <laughs> So, so yeah. anything in particular, like, what do you guys want to talk about next? I mean, well, first of all, what, what was he wearing? What was he wearing? He was, he was in a shirt and tie. Did he have a tie? He had a tie on. Okay. But he had like a sweater. He was like doing the thing where it's like a, a like a collared shirt with a sweater mm-hmm. over it. And yeah. he looked just as he always looks, right? I mean, you yeah. would say, okay, because you know, a lot of actors you'd see him and you probably wouldn't even recognize them. Yeah, no, he and he was. Um, so we did. You know, it was a Zoom call. There was video. I could see him. Yeah, he was dressed like he could go directly from my talk to the Weather Channel. He was in a library. There was like shelves full of books behind him. I don't know if they're real books or that was just like his his Zoom background. But mm-hmm. you know, he looked like like you'd think Ned Ryerson would look. Beautiful. Okay. Um, you know, he didn't have the the goofy overcoat with the with the <laughs> the, the fur line collar. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully the Weather Channel shipped that to him and he like gets to stand in front of a green screen with yeah. those. So keep an eye on that. Switch on the Weather Channel. If you're listening to this on Groundhog Day uh, 2021, flip on the Weather Channel and look for uh, the special segment with uh, Ned Ryerson and look for – see what he's wearing. Did you ask him anything about the Jeep commercial? Since that, that blindsided oh. us. No. See, that's part, part of the uh, – Darn. Yeah, no, I didn't ask him about but it's the funny. Jeep. Nothing about sneakers. I didn't ask him about sneakers. Oh, man, now I'm kicking myself. Like I said, you, you caught me obviously at work. I was in the middle of like doing invoices and I was just yeah. like, I had a few questions. And I was just like, oh, no, heroes. I was trying to think like, did anything related to Steven and the Groundhog? And it's like, oh, uh, yeah, like, God, what was it? Like, it, what was it? Was it? It was 2020's football, right? It was, it was yeah, that was commercial. that was last year, the 2020 Super Bowl commercial. God. Um, I did ask him about heroes. And I said, you know, with all the big. Uh, you know, the big comic book superhero movies, if he ever got in on any of that action. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually he did, he um, he did with his voiceover work, he did a voice for a, a Justice League America cartoon. He did say that at one point there was talk of him being in Justice League, in the, in the Justice League film, and he'd be like a, you know, a politician or something like that. He wasn't going to be here. Oh, but, man. Um, but nothing came of it. And he said, you know, there's there's so many things that go around and you never know, are they... You know, how serious are they? Are they like bringing up one name to try to, um, you know, as a negotiating tactic with something else? Is it, you know, is it something the agent brings up to try to make a look like their clients more in demand? So he said, yeah, there there was talk of him maybe being in Justice League, but, um, you know, it didn't it didn't obviously didn't happen. He's like, he's not even sure if it was, you know, even anything real. Yeah. Um, So we did. There was a little superhero talk. All right. 
one of the questions I know I asked you to ask, what's the point of him as like a, you know, working actor who might not be a blockbuster mm-hmm. actor, but he's a reliable that guy yeah. that when you do see him in a film, you're happy that you saw him, mm-hmm. that, you know, that's a that guy. I don't know his name and maybe somebody, you know, your buddy remembers his name, but it's always a that guy. And you're always like happy to see him. Like they're like, oh, it's a working actor. They're doing their, their bit part here, maybe a character. Yeah. And, like and he is definitely a that guy. I mean, I've, I've, we've certainly, and I, I talked to one of our friends of ours that we were talking with afterwards saying, Hey, like this great thing that that cat did for me for my birthday. And she's like, who's Steven Tobolowsky? It's like, all right, bring up IMDb. Here's the picture. Oh, that guy, that guy, you know, we've yeah. met, we, you know, we've talked to plenty of people who don't, who don't know the name. I don't know if we've ever met anyone who didn't, you know, on seeing the picture, didn't know who it was. I didn't want to phrase the question that way. Yeah, because I, I, the, to say like you know, how do you feel that people don't know who you are, kind of thing, or people don't know your name? Yeah, but I did ask like how with I mean, if you look in IMDb, his listing is extensive. He is like every TV show he's done a guest spot on. He's been in a ton of movies. He's worked yeah. with so many big directors. And I asked him like, how do you, you know, what do you attribute that to your your success in your career um, and and getting so much work? And he said the the two keys were. Uh, know your lines and be on time. Yeah. And that's what he's, and you know, yeah, he said, yeah, just, and, and I mean, from, and from, from other people that have worked with him all say, and, and my experience with the short conversation I had is just be a great guy, just be fun to be around and be a good guy. Um, but yeah, know your lines and, and be on time. And he told a little story. He, he named names. I'm not going to name names because I don't think it's, I'm not a, an actor. I don't think it's my place, but he named names. He's talked about working with some, um, you know, some names you'd recognize and saying, uh-huh. you know, we were all on set. It was a, I forget the exact, it was like a seven or 8 a.m. call and everyone was there. And so and so, big star rolled in around noon. Yeah. And everyone's waiting and everyone's on the clock and it's, and it's costing the producers money while everyone's yeah. waiting. And he said, you know, that, that person's very talented, uh, great actor. But, you know, if you wonder why that person doesn't get more work, it's, you know, one of those people that you're like, why isn't that person a bigger star than they are? Yeah. And, you know, he kind of, I was going to say hinted, but he kind of outright, I guess he didn't hint. He outright said like, this yeah. person doesn't get more work as good as they are at what they do. They're just not there. They're not reliable. Um, you know, they're not on time. So they don't get as much work as they might. So yeah, he, he said, Hey, yeah, be, be on time and know your lines and you'll get, you'll get plenty of work. Now that doesn't explain why maybe his name isn't more well-known, but it's, it's supporting characters and, and bit work for the most part. Uh, but I could definitely, I could definitely see that, you know, someone who takes, you know, kind of takes it seriously and, you know, it's a, it's a job. You got to show up and you got to be ready to work. And that's, that's how you end up with, I don't know, 200 something credits on IMDb, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. And he lives in Los Angeles, right? That's what we said. Yeah. So he's, he, he's from Texas. Uh, but yeah, I guess he's been, what do you say? Like 30 years. I forget what he said. Yeah. But uh, you know, for he's, yeah, he, he's not flying in, you know, you hear about there's, there's stars that have uh, you know, a ranch out in Montana or something. Yeah. And they just, they fly in, do a movie and then they go back home. But um, yeah, so he's, he's based out in LA. That's where he lives. Um, he talked about uh, w- one of the things I asked is, you know, kind of what you have coming up what, what are your current projects, what are you working on? And he talked about the, the, the lockdown right now, they, they shut down. He'd recently taped, uh, done, done a few episodes of the Goldbergs. So if you're, if you're, if you're looking for Tobo sightings, he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's not a, I guess he's like a recurring character. He's not every episode, but, um, he did some Goldberg, 
the Goldbergs, um, and now they're, they're they're locked down. He said it's not even the COVID directly; it's the hospitals are full. So if anyone gets hurt on set, oh, they, yeah. they, 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 there's no doctors. Like you can't, you know, if you if a you know if a stage light falls down and hits someone, they can't send them to the hospital because at this point everything's you know the hospitals are full with with the virus stuff. So yeah. uh, that that shut down. He is doing he he's done quite a bit of voiceover work, and he says he's still doing that. That's good. Um, it was interesting. You, I see you asked him. Go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead. Yeah. You asked him about uh, the religious uh, philosophy and religion. What did he say about that? As far as yeah, that was the, yeah, because he, he had written um, in, in his books. He, he you know he'd written something about his um, religion. He was um, you know less religious as when he was young. He's written how, how he got older. He kind of became more religious and more spiritual. Um, and he kind of had a, a two part answer. One was when you're and I kind of asked like you know being part of this movie in Groundhog Day and it's just philosophy, uh, philosophical takes on, uh, you know, what this means. And he said, well, when you're making the movie, you don't think about any of that. You're just, you're, you're doing your lines. It's day to day, scene to scene. You're filming stuff out of order. Like you don't get the big picture. You don't think of any of that while you're filming. But then he talked about later, and I guess he had said he'd, he'd seen the film, you know, later watching it back and thinking about it. He didn't, yeah, he said, yeah, it's, it's, you know, an interesting film. I think I had more to say <laughs> on okay. that than than he did yeah it didn't it didn't seem like it really had any kind of significant impact on his his thought process or viewpoint really yeah which i think makes sense because one of the things he talked about is and i i thought you kind of heard about this from from other actors that say they don't you know they don't watch the work that early on in his career like it'd be a big deal when you're you know up and coming actor and you're just starting out and you get like a guest spot on a show, you have a viewing party, you invite all your friends over and you, you know, get beer and pizza and you gather around and we're all going to watch you on TV. And um, he says that wears off pretty quickly. And at this point it's, um, you know, that separation with the editing and, and post-production, everything else, like there's such a big difference between what you do on set and, and the final product. He says these days, yeah, he doesn't really watch. Um, you know, watch what he do, what he does as much. And I said, you know, well, that's, we watch and we enjoy it and that's enough. He doesn't have to watch. Yeah. So, but yeah, he said, yeah, it didn't really affect his, um, you know, his overall thinking too much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What does he know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See. When, when, uh, yeah. So now you had asked about the questions. See, Dave gave you some good questions. This was my thought process of the questions. I felt I let you down, but here was my reasoning. See, Dave, you had no idea he was actually talking to him, right? You said when you oh, got... I got the okay. text, and it, it felt how Sean texted me felt so casual. <laughs> I'm in the middle of work, and I was just like working on invoices. And I was like, all right, like, let me spitball a few questions like in the top of my head. And so, so I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it. Well, I remember him in Heroes and you know Ned Ryerson. He's a great that guy. But like, yeah, I didn't forget. I forgot. Honest to God, I forgot about the ground. It's been so long. 2020 has been so long. I forgot yeah. how fun that Groundhog Day commercial was. How it looked like everybody was having fun. Jeep was posting like behind the scenes YouTubes of like Steven and Bill and everyone's like screwing around in the snow. Yeah. And I was like, man, I wish I – and like, looking back, I'm like, damn, I wish I asked him like, does he have any fun memories of like them calling and contacting him and like, hey, we want you and Bill – whatever. But yeah. yeah, it just how it's so casual. It made it sound like Sean <laughs> may have a chance, maybe in February. Like that's the vibe what, I got. Would you have done? Would you have done anything different that day if if Sean had 
let you know that he had a real potential opportunity to talk to him yeah. in two hours. If the text was, yeah, listen, I'm talking to Tobo in two hours. I need material now. Go. I would have literally just like put the invoices like, like away and I would have like <laughs> went on IMDb and like Wikipedia and just started like, okay, what do I remember about Steve Tobolowski? Mm-hmm. I just, I would have just been like burning through, but yeah, how he asked it. I was like, yeah, top of my head. Like what's the first few things I was, I've been thinking about on other stuff. And so yeah. that's, I only gave him like the, the, the top two or three things I could think of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now See, gonna, I went the, I want to, yeah, I want to turn this around on Brian. Cause I think I sent you the similar, non-committal like if i happen to talk to you know hypothetically speaking if i got to talk to steven tobolowski at some point you know i sent the same nebulous text to brian not knowing yeah, but i knew not knowing he was in the conspiracy were, yeah not yeah. not knowing you were in on it but you were in on it so you knew i was scheduled to talk to steven tobolowski why did you why didn't you have like a list of questions prepared right. why weren't you okay, ready for that text well okay now I'm a, this is gonna make you feel bad here okay, okay go ahead so make me this is bad. my thought I didn't. I didn't want to ask. See, I said this was to me super special for you to do it. Cat mm-hmm. worked hard to get him going. I said, "All right, it's happening today." I wanted you to just go off and you guys just connect. You know, love is in the air. You and Tobolowski, one hour. I was gonna be like, "What am I gonna ask you?" Yeah, ask him for me about sneakers. I'm like, you know what? Let this is about Sean. I said, "Sean, go off. Go be with Tobolowski." <laughs> But that, that I agree. I didn't thinking. even think of sneakers. That's such a great part. That's another yeah. thing where he's oh. like another little teeny part of the movie. Yeah. But it's it's the, oh, the first thing I think that. of when you say sneakers. My voice well, is my, my password. password. That's the first thing yes. I think of. of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> but now, so was I was I wrong? I mean, I was like, I didn't want to put like, oh, my, am I going to give him all these questions? Sean's going to be asking him questions I've got. I was like, no, let Sean ask the questions. Okay. That's I yeah I see your point. I mean, you could have said like I yeah if you I don't I didn't want you to send me like you know a full page single space like here's twenty questions but you know here's one or two things just to to yeah I could have helped you out you know you could have helped me out um, but uh, you know as it is again we 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 talked for an hour um, you know eventually he had to go so I think we talked as long as I, I possibly could have and I did not run out of things to ask him so. I didn't suffer and I, I appreciate you wanting to, you know, wanting me to have m- my time. Um, yeah. Yeah. And another little thing I snuck in talk, you know, speaking of, of me getting in my questions, another thing I asked him about, and this is another thing I've always, you know, kind of in my mind is thinking back to the one scene in Groundhog Day, the, the one day when Ned runs up to Phil and Phil just wallops him, just like full on punches him. And, and it's such a great scene. Um, it's it's great for you know for um, you know if you have it on tape or disc or whatever. If you're watching at home, where you can pause it, because Ned spins around like 360 uh, <laughs> after after Phil punches him. And if you pause it at just the right moment, there's the look on on Ned's face of of a guy who's just been like hit and surprised and everything else. And and so I asked him like, how do you how do you do that? Like I know how you how you stage and how you pretend to get hit, but how do you like keep the face acting? How do you act while spinning and falling down? Like in that moment. Um, and I asked, I actually asked him just a tie into a, another podcast. I asked him like, if he had studied mime and he did. And, 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 and yeah. And he had said like early in his career when he was doing stage work that, you know, it was the seventies and they were doing like way out stuff. And it was a lot of physic physical stuff that they had, 
um, like a mime coordinator on 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 set or in rehearsals to help people like with mime technique and stuff. And yeah, we we talked mime for for a little bit. We also said they thought mime was going to be bigger than it was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I said, "What do you mean it isn't? And it's going to be big." <laughs> but actually, what what the other interesting thing about about when he was talking about that was, you know, they were talking about how to do that scene mm -hmm. and they didn't have it completely thought through, like what kind of exact physical reaction they wanted. And he was saying, he said, I'm going to do a pirouette and, and drop and drop. Right. Like, cause he's, he's also studied dance and, and things like, like, so it was, it was actually kind of interesting that he kind of brought all those different components and pieces mm -hmm. in, which again, what was it like five or ten seconds? Yeah, on screen. Yeah, not even. It's it's a punch. It's a spin, and it's a drop. Yeah, he talks about yeah a pirouette and drop, and then uh, also maybe we can pull in uh, Robert Black if you're listening. Maybe you can post uh, post to uh, you know our, our, our Facebook group, uh, the Groundhog Day or Groundhog Minute Gobblers Knob on Facebook is the group. You know, post a link to the appropriate entry in your blog, the Groundhog Day Project, because I know you've written about this. You've written about the geography of Woodstock. And he says, yeah, he was talking, you know, talking to, to Harold Ramis, the director, on, on how to block out the scene. And he you know, said, oh, I'm going to spin and everything. And I think it was Ramis who said, when you turn around, look at the courthouse. So that's what he did. He's like, he just he turns, he looks, he drops. But uh, yeah. So if, if you have if you haven't done it yet, if you have, a, you know, the, your digital copy of the, the film at home, go watch that scene. Slow it down. Watch it frame by frame. And you can see as he's acting the whole way down. He's spinning, he's dropping, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the mime, the dance, the acting it all, that it's all, it's all in there, all the skills, but uh, yeah, he's a funny guy. A funny guy. Nice. Nice. No, I'm, I'm glad Kat, you got, this is a great gift you got Sean. Really is. Yeah, it really yeah. was. It was, it was awesome. uh, so much fun. So I think about that Paul Rubens thing. I'm like, should we scrape together money and just get a, ask him like, Cameo, can we record and, you know? Yeah. Well, we were, and we were talking about that. Like, the reason I, I didn't think that was necessarily a great idea, because I wasn't sure if he was going to be in character. Um, I mean, because Paul Rubens has had an amazing career. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's the Pee Wee stuff. There's the Batman Returns. Yep. There's uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like, I mean, I'd love to talk to Paul Rubens for an hour about yeah. everything he's done and his career and everything. But then I'm like, well, what if he shows up in character? I don't want to talk to no. Pee Wee for an hour. Uh, like, that just would be weird. I'd, I'd feel yeah. like, all right, is Chris Hansen going to come in and offer me a plate of cookies? Like, mm -hmm. Oh, no, no. If, 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 uh, if you and I actually decided to go in on that and yeah. like do an interview with him – we would make that clear. Like we would like to talk to Paul Rubens. He doesn't have to be in any character. We would like to talk to him about his career. Right. And, and so like we would lay it out and be like, we would like to record audio if that's possible. Like, right. I would, I would, I would lay out the facts and then, and then have them say, sorry, no thanks. And we would go, all right, no problem. Like, cause that's, I would like it on those terms. It's like, I would like to record the audio. So, cause I don't want to, I guess we did this with Tobolowsky out, out of respect, but it's at the same time, it's like, if we had to do it, I don't want to do it in an anecdotal way. I want Paul to tell us and the audience what right, his take yeah. was on such and such. Yeah, I can't imagine him showing up as Pee Wee Herman. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he had a little comeback with the Netflix thing, so I don't want to knock like people could want to like have a fun discussion with Pee Wee. But at the same time, I'd be like, no, Paul, like you don't have to put the tie and right. the suit on everything. You could just yeah, like we just you know hypothetically. So 
that's something to think about in the future. Like if those cameo things, because of the, you know, mm-hmm. the actor wants to make a little side money and then the podcasters like, do we have enough scratch to make this happen? It's something to think about, but I'm, I'm just, but like looking at the, the actual genuine thing that cat did for Sean, it's so cool. It's so nice. And that's, you know what? That's hundred percent great wife material. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, 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 you know, I, I, it, it's rude to ask on a gift. I don't know what it cost. Whatever it was, it, it was worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. Um, yeah, a, a very special gift that I'll um, I'll remember for a long time. You're gonna have to like. You're gonna have to go and like make like by hand in a pottery like the like best wife <laughs> mug. Like you can't just go buy one. You're gonna have to like craft it in the store and everything. Like you're gonna you're really gonna have to yeah. put your best well, foot forward for her. She she sets me up. Because her birthday is about six weeks after mine. Oh wow! So like my birthday comes first, and it's like yeah, you know, set the bar. <laughs> and it's and if it was you know if it was the next week, I could say well, you know, I didn't have time to do it, but it's like six weeks, so it's enough time that like oh all right, the bar's been set, and now yeah. I got to think about it. I gotta, it's like, such well, a stranglehold. Well, but I've already told him like there's a big difference. Yeah. He had a big milestone. milestone. I don't have a. You know, right. I'm younger than he is, so yeah. I don't have that big yeah, milestone you're only 27. coming up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so but this is one. This is one that ends in a zero, so it's a big one. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't expect to to get to talk to Stephen Tobolowsky every year. Yeah. Although, if I if that was going to be my gift every year, just to save you of having to think of something else, I would do it every year. <laughs> That's fine. I don't know yeah, if he would. Yeah, he may but... get tired of it. I like to see like just down the line, just old Tobolowski and Sean in a diner, and they're just like, "I'm glad to see her here." They're both, yeah, like, in a booth in a diner talking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know the, the the special is blueberry waffles. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think I mean we've been talking for what, about 45 minutes. I don't know if you got. Do you guys have? And you don't have to stick. I kind of i i sent Brian and Dave the my notes, like the questions I had asked. Um, Steven, so they could set that up. But I mean, I guess if you have other questions, because we kind of, he kind of rambled. Like I kind of asked the questions I had, and then he did. He he like Kevin Smith me a little bit. Oh yeah. Where like I asked the question, and then he kind of talked about what he wanted to talk about. Oh man. Um, it wasn't quite that bad. I mean, he would kind of start with the the thing I had asked, but then he would go off, and and, I mean that was great. Like I mean, whatever he wanted to talk about, I was game. But yeah, I mean, we're gonna have to hire a stenographer next time we do one of these uh, celebrity interviews shows. Or I mean, I I probably should have just asked because he probably would have said yes. I mean, such a nice guy. But I I I didn't want to you know make it. I mean, it wasn't it it wasn't meant to be an interview for the show. It was meant to be you know for Sean to have a conversation with a guy that he really has enjoyed and become a huge fan of and I not to tell him how he can and can't do things, but like, that's right. If we were set it, if I was setting it up as, as an interview, I would have approached it differently. Mm -hmm. It was meant to be, you know, someone he respects and, and would want to have a conversation with to have a conversation. Yes. Well, I got to say this, there's, there's a lesson to, a lesson to the podcasters and a lesson, a lesson for the listeners. A lesson for me is, I guess it, it doesn't hurt us. I, I literally have, I opened up my outlook just to make sure it was still there. I have a draft email that I started writing for to Stephen Tobolowsky. It's going to, to Stephen. To, and I think this is on his website. I don't think I'm, I'm giving away. Oh, I mean, somehow I got it. It's Stephen Tobolowsky at gmail.com. And I've got like, you know, hello, Mr. Tobolowsky. If you're not familiar with this format, we watch one minute of groundhog day and discuss it. Um, 
and kind of telling him a little bit about the minute by minute format and saying, hey, do you want to come on the show? And, and this has been, you know, at least two years that this email has been sitting in yeah. my draft folder that I never sent it. Yeah. And what now I'm you, like, yeah. if I had sent it, like, he probably would have said yes. Like he would have come on the show if I had sent it while we were doing it. Well, yeah, I think you haven't mentioned to, you haven't told us, like, did you mention it to him that like, not just that you like his work, did you actually mention we covered this movie like in, in detail? And I wanted to know what, if he like had a fun reaction to that. I mentioned that, that Sean had done a podcast about Groundhog Day, which was how he kind of got to become a fan of of his, but I, I didn't get into like a lot of details. I didn't give the name of the podcast. I wasn't, I didn't want it to be a pitch mm-hmm. to come and do an, a, you know, an interview yeah. on the show. I, you know, I already explained what I was looking for. So, so yeah, so I, I actually was very careful mm-hmm. about not going too far in depth about the podcast itself. Right. That's Maybe that's a good needle that you threaded because, or thread the needle because if you're right, if you made it too businessy, then maybe there would have been a contract. Maybe there would have been a little bit more rules and stipulations, and it might have been a little bit more, you know. Maybe it probably would have been five minutes. It mm-hmm. wouldn't have been an hour. Yeah. yeah. And maybe his vibe yeah, would have been tighter. Personal. Yeah. But and, yeah like- and then I didn't – and so Kat had mentioned – she gave me a little bit of the background of, oh, I'd been emailing. And I think you'd mentioned that you had mentioned the podcast in the emails so that when we actually talked – I didn't mention it because I figured out oh, if he wants to bring it up, um, like, you know, because, you know, he's like, oh, it's your birthday. Like he knew that, you know, he kind of remembered some things from the the email. So I'm like, if he brings up the podcast, yeah, I'm ready to talk about it. But again, the same thing, like I wanted it. Um, I mean, it already turned into an interview with me asking, like he didn't ask me questions because he doesn't care about me. So no and, that's, <laughs> and that's fine. Like I wasn't offended. Like, I, that's, yeah. I, 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 but, you know, it kind of turned into an interview of me, like going through, like, here's my questions I prepared. And and I didn't want it to like, you know, him having to be on or put him on the spot. Yeah. And yeah, you know, keeping it more informal. So, yeah, I, I don't think I mentioned it. I certainly did not go into great detail. Yeah. Um, uh, although I had the end because I could have said like in terms of like, you know, no. Or did I like w- when it came to like how small of a part Ned Ryerson actually is to say you, we covered it minute by minute. You're only in nine of them. You, you had to have mentioned it, especially with that yeah. and like watching it you know, in slow motion and, and kind of, yeah. I, so I do think it came up, but again, it was sort of in passing versus yeah. a, a plug. Right. Yeah. And, and it, it being a gift, I didn't want to turn it into, uh, you know, yeah. into an interview for the podcast. I wanted to be in the moment and keep it as a conversation. So, yeah. I mean, um, you know, but actually, you know what, maybe I'll, maybe, you know what, I'll do a follow-up email. I think you should definitely do I'll that. Do, I'll, you know, thank you so much for your generosity with your time. I really enjoyed this. This was so great. And by the way, here's a link to my podcast where we talk about Groundhog Day one minute at a time. If I, you're ever interested. Yeah. So I, I, in this email, this one I will send. This one will not yes. sit in my draft folder for two Could years. Could you imagine? Yes. I, think, like, I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, you know what? I If I had emailed him two years ago, I can't imagine – I wouldn't have heard back and then, yeah. you know, he wouldn't have. Had well, and what's the worst he would have said? Like, and that's kind of what I figured well, when yeah. I, when I sent the email, I'm like the worst that they're going to, the worst, the worst is, case scenario. Oh, you don't hear back. I hear nothing. Yeah. Right. My best case scenario. I hear from an assistant who tells me, go contact this guy, yeah. the agent, and he'll, you know, he'll talk you through how to coordinate this. Yeah. 
Honestly, and what I got was yeah. within hours a response from the man himself. Yeah, that's honestly, yeah, this is the this is the best case scenario, and it yeah. didn't feel like a business transaction. It didn't feel like a forced interview. I think this was great. I'm 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 really happy that this happened. I am so. I know I, I so I I didn't I didn't even take a screenshot of him like on my screen with Zoom. I didn't record or anything, but I I did want to share it with uh, with my co-hosts and and with my my podcasting audience. Thank you very much. Yeah, very thank nice. you for yeah. uh, getting us in the loop on that one. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So um yeah so so just kind of wrapping things up, Dave. You've got you know what you give, give us your plugs. Well, all right. Yeah. Uh, still plugs. I'm still plugging along on five minutes of mystery where I cover the 1999 superhero comedy ensemble mystery men. And if I ever get an interview with Paul Rubens, don't worry. You'll be the first one to know. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Furious. Exactly. Yeah. No, um, no, the yeah. no, the spleen, you silly. Oh, the silly spleen. Goose. Yeah. No, sorry. I mean, if I get an interview with Ben Stiller, that would <laughs> I mean, be, I was, a, that's all right. I was thinking Ben that Stiller. Would be, yeah. Wouldn't that be the a hell spleen. of a pull to get like Ben Stiller? And he'd be like, when I talk about his, his like, directing movies he's like no 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 no. let's talk about mystery men i That's would be like i would like stop him mid mid answer he'd be like well yes when i did uh, the the life of times of walter Mitty. No, no no i don't i don't care tell me about mystery man he'd be like what about zoolander i don't care just talk yeah. about mystery men <laughs> work working with de niro no mystery no, man. <laughs> mystery man that, that, yeah analyze yeah well, not analyze is uh yeah was it at, no, no. It's a, meet the Fockers. Meet the, meet the Fockers. Fo yeah, yeah, meet the yeah. Fockers. Meet the parents. Yeah, fun film. Yeah, right, right, right. But tell me about mystery. Yeah, I'm just like let's circle back <laughs> to mystery, man. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, Brian. What do you got going? Any, uh, any plugs? Uh, well, not really. I mean, we've got next scene coming back soon. Yeah, yeah, working on uh, season five, our second year of that. Cat. Um, what do you got? This is this is your first of many podcast appearances, I'm sure. I'm sure the folks will be hearing lots from from you. No, I'm getting I'm getting the, the confused look. Um, but yeah, so thanks, uh, you know, thanks Dave and Brian. Thank you, Catherine, once again for uh, really just a, an amazing experience, an amazing gift. Thank you for for sharing your your you know coming on the show and, and sharing it. You tell the story so much better than than I could have. Um, so listeners, check it out. We're on. You know, Groundhog Minute, uh, Next Scene Pod on the social medias. We got the Facebook groups. We got the Gobbler's Knob. We got the Jelly of the Month Club, and you know, we'll we'll see you tomorrow, if there is one. Don't let them say your hair's too long.